Welcome to Deserted Isolation Discs, a play on words and tribute to the BBC's famous Desert Island Discs podcast. We're Kate Hamer and Louis Saha, the founders of Axis Stars, which is a platform to connect stars from the worlds of sport and entertainment with trusted brands and service providers. Obviously, a lot of our members are at home due to coronavirus at the moment, so we thought we would work together to bring everyone some entertainment. We're still hoping that it's not going to be a long series, but we've got a good chunk of guests to keep you entertained for a while. Today, we are joined by Chris Coleman. Hi, Chris. Hi there. Hi, guys. And of course, Louis. Hello, my captain, my captain. <laughs> it's a real big honor to have you, Chris. I just uh, have like so deep, good memories uh, from our time and and I've seen you uh, all the way with your coaching. I'm just like very, very glad to have you here. So how are you, yeah. man? I'm very good, Louis. Great to speak to you, my man. Great to speak to you. Uh, it is a pleasure. So, so where are you and what have you done lately? Because it's all been confinement and, and all sorts. So where are you now? Yeah, uh, we live in a, a, a little place called Winchester in Hampshire. We were... Um, we lived in Beijing for one year. We, we, we were working in China and then we arrived back uh, last summer. Um, and then we were going to uh, maybe I'd like to work back abroad. It's, it's, I, I prefer to work abroad. And we were going to do something, but then obviously the coronavirus stopped everything. So now everything we, yeah. everything is because obviously everybody's health is more important than football. Um, so now we're waiting, but we're just in Winchester, uh, waiting for everything to hopefully get back to normal before we know where we're going to be. Yeah, so how was your confinement where, where you may struggle to, to, to find your football on TV, but uh, what was your routine you know, uh, in those, I would say, two months? It's hard, isn't it? It's hard, Louis, because, you know, there's always sport on TV. There's, there's there's always loads of football. Not just not just in the Premier League, but uh, the French league, the Portuguese league, the Italian league, the German league, the American MLS. Now the Chinese league. There's football everywhere. And when that's taken away, we're, we're all lost. We don't know what to do because football's mm-hmm. always been our life. And you know, obviously, it's not just football. All sports are stopped. So it's been very difficult the last two months in that sense. But where we live, we, we, we live out in the countryside in a real quiet, tiny little, tiny little village. So we're quite private and we, we don't really go anywhere. Our two youngest children uh, have been off school like everybody else. So we've been homeschooling. And that's been a bit, bit, bit of a shock to the system. But um, that's, you know, that's, we're just waiting for everything, just like everybody else. Because I think we probably take so much for granted in normal life before this mm-hmm. happened, and then the normal things you do that's taken away, and you see you can't do this, you can't go there, you can't do that, um, and I think we all miss that contact with each other, um, yeah. and and that's been really that's been tough in that sense. Being, I would say, a manager, you have to actually always interact and and share emotion and all that, and now. Bang, nothing, but staying at home, yeah, is, yeah. there is some benefit uh, because you see your kids growing and you, you can actually learn a bit, a bit more. 
Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a different routine. So do you still do your sport or do you still do your reading, your tactical awareness of, of any games or? Like most managers or coaches, so I have a tactic board in my house and I go through different things, different scenarios. Mm. Even when I watch games on TV, now there's games, retro games, they're showing games from, you know, down, down, down in the history. We still watch the games and formations to see if you can come up with something a bit different. But, you know, football is football. Football, those players, they maybe run more distances within 90 minutes or faster, high intensity runs. But there's only three ways to play football, to score a goal. It's over the top, around the side or through. Because mm. you can't go under. There's only three <laughs> ways. So everybody thinks they're going to come up with something different and something new, and it's nothing new, nothing different. It must be a challenge to always try to be original and be ahead and try to look at the style of the managers. And they, I think the last 10 years has changed a lot. You know, the intensity of the game has, like, I think, increased. In my time, I think that you, we were running maybe nine and a half, 10K max. And, and now you can see that players have you like... Were, yeah, you, you were running. I was running six or seven kilometers when I, when I played. <laughs> yeah, but you had the brain, you know, you had the brain. So that makes it easy, you know, when you anticipate. So I think it's really important to, to have that awareness. And that's why you become a manager and, and doing well, because you, you understand the principle and the priorities. All those things is very, very important to, to switch from yeah. player to manager. And I don't think that I'm, I'm able to do something like this. I really can't. I don't think so. You, this, Louis, is it, tell me something. Is this because you don't have the... You definitely have the intelligence to do it, because I know you. Is it because it's not your passion to be a coach? Because you, you, you prefer to do something else? I, I think there is a bit of both in a way that uh, I don't think that... I've got that kind of memory. I know that uh, see you play and and, and remember uh, a few um, uh, moments I see you manage. Uh, I can understand that you have the memory. You have like the understanding, and this is part of your desire to to learn the the, the game and the tactic. That's not part of me because I'm fully about instinct. You know, like emotion, uh, how I feel yeah. things and. I don't have that organization and, and, and stuff. So that's not a skill that you will uh, um, have like 80% uh, for a manager. I don't think so. You have to have like 80% organization and 20% creativity and, and, and may some kind of like man management and all those things. So I understand that. And I don't think that's part of it because I've seen some big, big manager. Um, yeah. and, I, and I see that they have that kind of uh, gigabyte storage, you know in the head so it yeah. was a uh... that you know that's something you could learn you could learn tactics and you can mm -hmm. learn to store tactics it's the creativity that you can't learn you you, you either you have imagination or you don't mm -hmm. you can learn tactics you can learn tactics if you really want to you can learn that you study it and you learn and then it stays here mm -hmm. um it's the other side that people i've seen a lot of good coaches who have all the tactical information, but they don't have the personality, and they don't they can't, they can't touch someone else or or communicate properly because it's too robotic. Yeah. They, they don't they don't have that relationship, and that's that's 
that human that human touch is just as important, for, in my opinion. The human mm-hmm. touch and the creativity and imagination is as important as mm-hmm. the tactical. I, I see what you mean. The the, the thing that like coming back or trying to be professional. So this is a new job, and then you go into saying you have the desire to go to the process of like get to understanding. So learning process. But I think I will need straight away some results because I'm so impatient in a way that I'm so like yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> some, something that uh, I think I won't be patient enough and I know that for different generation as well you can't speak to them the same way back then you know so I feel yeah, like yeah. I, I will yeah. a bit yeah so, mm. so what, what is your kind of motivation that's like a story that you can say because I know Uh, I, I was there, I know you have a story, uh, but what is your memory um, moment that actually helped people or could help people in terms of like how to come back from, you know, like a very difficult uh, moment in your career? Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I have one in mind. Yes, yeah, I know the one you're going to say. Um, I think that was one of the most not the most difficult period for me um, because when I was at Fulham as a player um, we Jean Tagana arrived and completely changed everything about how I thought about football how to train how to live how to eat how to sleep how to rest you changed them then he brought mm-hmm. these amazing players he brought you to the club Lewis Bamort into the club uh, He just changed everything. Um, and it, it's the best I ever felt as a player, the best I ever felt mentally, physically. Mm. I, I, I enjoyed my football more in that six months period before I had a car accident. I enjoyed my football more in that six months period than in my whole career. Of course, then I had a car accident um, and then that changed everything for me. Then I had to retire two years later And oh, my whole world turned upside down. I, I learned more from Jean Tagana as a coach, as a manager. And also, he's the one that told me I could be a coach or a manager. Nobody ever told me that before Jean. Jean explained to me, okay, now you retire. Now you come with me. You stay with me. Watch me. Watch Christian Damiano. Watch Roger Propas. I knew how they worked anyway. I knew how Christian, mm-hmm. Christian was a fantastic. Coach Roger Pierre, yeah. of course, was brilliant with with the fitness and and Jean's presence and his tactical idea of how to play. I learned more from that group of managers and coaches than anybody, and I still yeah. use a lot of their things, a lot of their methods. I still use today. I, I, I'm not ashamed to say this is not my idea. I stole it from Jean Tagana. I stole it from Christian oh, Damiano. From, you know, because I remember how they worked. It, they were brilliant. Um, and there was that period where Jean said, no, now you now you need to do this and you need to work in a different way because now you're not a player. It was very difficult for me because I love being with the players. I love being a player. Mm-hmm. I love being with the dressing room. And we had some great characters. We had a lot of French guys that came in who were brilliant guys. They were fantastic in the dressing room with all the British guys. The atmosphere was just fantastic. And I had to switch that off and switch something else on. And it 
if it hadn't have been for John Tugana, that wouldn't have happened. So I've got mm. a lot to thank him for, a lot to thank. So I had somebody that believed in me, and then I had to try and believe in myself to turn a negative situation and go off into a different direction. I knew, though, that you don't, you know, Louis, you know yourself, there's no guarantee in life. You know that. Yeah. Nothing is given to you. That's if you want something that's worth achieving, you've got to, you have to go and get it. And you know that you may fall and you may fail and you may be unsuccessful. But I think if you accept that before you start your journey and you say, okay, I may, I may get this wrong and I may lose. But you, as long as you, 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 set, you tell yourself, but I'm still going to try. I'm still, this is what I want to do. And I'm going to mm-hmm. try and do that. Uh, and I've all, that's you know I've been doing as a coach or manager for almost 20 years. I've lost many many times. I've been sacked. I've got it wrong. I've failed. And sometimes I've won. And sometimes I've been successful. But I've had both. And you just have to ex- accept and embrace both, and know that either one doesn't last. When you're when everybody's telling you you're not very good and you're unsuccessful, and you're a failure, that's not the truth. When everybody tells you you're the king, and you're the best, and you're brilliant, that's not the truth either. You have to find the middle and just <laughs> stay in the safe zone because you, we, most people are the same. You know, we're all just normal people. No, 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 you are not normal. Because some people, I would say that uh, you, you have charisma or you don't. You had that. You know, it's like, You arrive in the dressing room, as you mentioned, you love to be in the dressing room. So I will say to you that that charisma is not normal. And and it's not about the body because you're tall, you're a big guy. Uh, I'm saying strong, huh? not big. <laughs> and and <laughs> what happened is like Jean Tigana, for example, is small, but he had that charisma because he had that yeah. like confidence, yeah. you know. So it's not everybody who's gifted in that, you know, and have to compile all those information. I think that you were brilliant in a, in a way that you you... You were a role model, but at the same time with a big smile, with that kind of like honesty and all that, and and managed to do that as a player and then as a manager is quite a challenge. Is quite yeah. a challenge. Um, so you know, I think what helped me my first job was tough because it was Fulham and I knew all the players, so it was yeah. tough to try and be a manager, but also you and the rest of the players helped you. Van der Sar, Leguinsky, Goma, the for- Martin Jetu, uh, Jerome Bonacel, Steve Marbron, Louis Van Morte. I'm talking about all our foreign players. Helped me massively because he didn't have to accept me because I was I just come out of the dressing room. I knew the British players anyway, known for a long time. And had mm-hmm. you guys not accepted me, then I, 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 it would have gone wrong. But that first season defined and set me on a path because all you guys, I had no problems. You, you all were together. It was easy for me and you just mm-hmm. got on with it. And I'm lucky because I was in that right place at the right time. Um, and I had all you guys together. Uh, that was, that was until I think that season we would have finished maybe sixth. We finished ninth, but we finished sixth because I had to sell my best striker to Manchester United at Christmas time. <laughs> I do remember that moment. So uh, it was, a, it was a, a tough moment, but I, I know that deep inside, you always respected my choices. 
maybe you were the only one. Uh, yeah, the, the the people were a bit, uh, yeah, uh, changing their mind every minute. I'm joking. I, listen, you you have to go with Manchester United. Yeah. You have to go to. I I know, but the more I, I held you, the more Manchester United had to pay. So we got more money. <laughs> you were always. It was that always that was the deal. Yeah. <laughs> that was the deal. Yeah. So so uh, as well, but on 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 that side. What would have been the highlight of your career as maybe as a player and uh, as a manager? Highlight, I think the highlight for me as a player was it was not what well, I, I, I played international football. So when I was playing for Wales and we play against Brazil or against Germany, when I was on the pitch against the best players in the world, That was a real big height. I played for some clubs and we win promotion, we win the league. And that's, mm. that was amazing. But playing for Wales against the best players in the world, I felt really proud in those moments. I felt really proud. I felt, I think the, the best team I played for was the team that Jean built when we won the championship, albeit I, I was halfway through it. That was the best team I think I, I captained. It was the Fulham team. It was an amazing team, unbelievable team, physically incredible, tactically, technically, everything. It was a great team. And that was a big, I remember feeling very proud to, to lead that team because I knew we were going to win the game even before we played yeah. because we had a good team. So much confidence. That was a really, really good time in my career. I enjoyed yeah. that. Yeah, I remember this, this moment because it was, well, for me, I was so in song with the, the striker that uh, Jean has uh, associated with. So I felt like the defense, the midfield, it was in song with what we wanted to do. So basically right. the way we defend the floor and, and always like, um, you know, I would say like really nice football from the back. Then you see oh, yeah. that... Uh, like, Oh yeah, it was nice to see. You know, I was I was feeling really in song with everything. So every weekend, we had that kind of confidence, and I, I would say that it, it was the same uh, when we are when I arrived at United. Even we were maybe like in transition, but I felt the same in a way that it was the same philosophy and trying to play forward. And so it was it was amazing. I, I remember, yeah, having like a. A special feeling, and and imagine because I scored so many goals this year. The the the, the funny thing is, I always refer that that feeling that I had when I imagine Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi scoring double a month, you know, every season. I said, no, it's absolutely crazy. So so yeah, but uh, I, I, I I can't how they do it. I remember you when we signed you pre-season, and we we on. Pre-season, we play some friendly game. You only played 45 minutes, so did I. And in the first, in the first, against some non-league team, and you you missed six chances to score. I, and I said, I remember saying to Kit Simons and Andrew Melville, "Who's this guy we just signed here from? This French guy? He, he, he should have scored 10 goals. He missed every chance." And um, and and then we played the first game against Crew. Nil nil half time. Second half, ball over the top. You went chip the keeper. 1-0, mm. and then after that, you scored, like, I don't know, loads and loads of goals. You couldn't stop mm. scoring after that. But I remember your first game. Remember? <laughs> I tend to not remember, but uh, I just, like, 
downplay all those things. I always like think positive. So I just like don't want to to use it in a bad way. So I use it always in a good way. I say, oh, if I miss those chances, it means that I can definitely have one or two either in a game that I will score. So I always yeah. think this way. So I don't feel about, oh, yes, it's bad. But at the time, you're 20, 21, you may six, seven chances. And at some point, you start to be a bit more efficient upon the goal. I remember you scoring the penalty with your left foot, penalty with your <laughs> right foot, header, volley yeah. from everywhere. Incredible, incredible. Yeah, it was good. It was a great time, yeah. So, so now on, on, on your time as well, you know, you may like look at uh, the football and, and all that, but do you like have fun with the family as well? You sit back and like a uh, series, you know, like uh, Netflix and stuff like this? Or? Yeah, because you, you, you need to be somewhere else sometimes away from football, you know, yeah. to take a deep breath, relax and just escape. I watch, I watch Netflix all night a anything to get away from football because mm -hmm. otherwise you know you, you just go mad you just go yeah, yeah, yeah. too much you need to escape i always yeah i watch i watch a lot of tv or read books just to escape if i can play golf do you play golf no 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 no, no it's, it's not for me this i play i play tennis i play tennis tennis is hard game oh, my, I love wife, it. my wife my wife's a good tennis player she i play tennis with my wife she beat me six one six love. Yeah, because I can't I can't play offside tennis. Yeah, captain captain Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> so what what is your your last book? The last book I read was um it was a coach basketball coach called Pat Riley, who is a famous basketball coach in America. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's called the Winner Within. But because he's a I just wanted to understand how we thought and how we dealt with players and how we dealt with big characters in his dressing room and um yeah it was very very interesting book yeah the winner within good good read good read the 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 thing that you you look at is like um anything's in personal development still or to be a better coach or to be a yeah. better man it, it it's, it's not it's not just the the tactical side you watch games and you know the, the football stuff it, it's automatically mm -hmm. brain but I think there's a lot is it there's how, how to improve with you know one-to-one -one relationships and how, mm -hmm. how, how to how to understand people more and why why they think like they think and why they act like they act uh, and how better to deal with that because you can't you can't deal with everybody the same way. You just can't. People are different. You know what? One one will react one way. One react a different way. Mm. You can't treat everybody like you know just because that's the way I think. Just because I'm the manager or the boss, I have to understand the individual I'm dealing with, and I need to know what character I can, what box I can put him in, and I know I know how to deal with him. And this will yeah. be the best him. This is the best situation. And if I'm this way with him, we can extract more from him for the team so just i, I kind of like watch a lot of um talks like harvard lecturers and stuff like that to see how you know how business people work when they're when leaders are mm -hmm. dealing with a lot of a lot of people that employees and the best how to get is it the stick or the carrot approach 
um, and, and just different ways to looking at when you've got a group of people and you need to get the best out of a group of people, then, you know, how do different leaders, how do they, how do, they do it their way? You can't, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, at the end of the day, you have to do it your way and be authentic because people see through. If you try to act and be something you're yeah. not, you know, people see through this and it doesn't right. last. No, it doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't last. So um, at the end of the day, you've got to do what you believe in. But I just like to understand how other people think and what their approach is. So what mm-hmm. was it like managing Louis then? What sort of box did he fit in and how did you get the best out of him? Louis was easy. Easy because I think we all had so much confidence in Louis. Uh, when he first arrived, he was, it was when I was playing and I used to play against Louis in training. It was so difficult because he was such a great player. And then it was easy for me on a Saturday against the opposition because none of the strikers were as good as him. I'd just been playing against him all week. And then I came to the weekend and it was the game's not easy, but there was no one like him. So it was easier for me. And and the other defenders at Fulham. But when I, the man when I first got the job at Fulham, I knew Louis had more to give. He just needed to come out a little bit more um, and I think there was a period where I think I took him out of the team and said right you've got more to give and he, he, we knew he was going to be a top level top top level striker and I, we, we rested him for two or three games and when he came back in the team it, everything just went it just went crazy he started scoring goals every week his work rate off the ball was unbelievable the opposition defenders, we could see, were very afraid of him because he could run in behind, um, he could come short, he could cross, he could shoot, he could dribble, he was brilliant with his head. And that gave us a real big, in our dressing room, it gave us a big confidence that we knew we'd score goals because we had Louis and we, I only had him for four or five months because then Sir Alex Ferguson came and and, and took him to Manchester United. And that's where he belonged, really. He belonged on that stage. So we knew we were only going to have him for a certain amount of time. And it was it was great when, when we had him because we built everything around him because we knew he'd get a chance and score. So then we built every, the team around him. Uh, and off the pitch, he was easy. I never, even when he came to, he was upset because I wouldn't say yes to Manchester United, although I knew I would lose him. And he came to talk to me. He was he was upset because, he, of course, he knew he was going to eventually be there. Um, but he understood. And he said, look, you know, if, if you were me, you would be doing what I'm doing. And he's, he was absolutely right. Because I would want to go and play for Manchester United. I just wasn't good enough to go and play for Man United. So <laughs> I, it, was, it was easy, easy to, easy to, 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 to look after. Yeah, all, i got to say, they were all that dressing room I had, like I said earlier. It was a great dressing room. When we had some real... Big talent, you know, Edwin van der Sar, we, we signed him from Juventus, he played for Ajax, he was the, one of the best goalkeepers in the world, but he was easy to, you know, as long as we were organised in the training and we had a, a game plan, you know, those players, we had some good players, but they were happy to work hard because they just wanted to win. No, no, it's true, yeah. The only thing that I remember that was a, a bit of pain, um, it's the food on the kitchen. <laughs> I was like, I was complaining all the time. I said, hey, come on, my standard, where is, where is my food? <laughs> the, only, the, the food was like around, believe me, I arrived at, uh, at, 
at, at the club, I said, no, 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 that's not possible. This is like, I was like struggling big time. <laughs> I asked, I asked, no, 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 they need to change. It's not possible. <laughs> We kept sending you out onto the pitch. It's okay. Go, you're yeah. okay. okay. <laughs> no, it, it, it was great, great, great time. So, what what type of music you listen? Yeah, are you rock and roll? Yeah, I am rock and roll. I am. Yeah, yeah. I like I like a lot of the old bands. Um, mm-hmm. my, my favorite my favorite band. You won't you won't even know who they are, Louis. My favorite band mm-hmm. is a band from the seventies. 60s and 70s is called Credence Clearwater Revival. Very old, old like swamp rock American band. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm more I'm more rock and roll than uh, I think you you like probably I know you like dance music, funk music, soul music. I know what you like. I remember I re- that was the only thing I didn't like about you was the music they used to play in the dressing room. <laughs> I was not in charge, so you can't blame me. Yeah. It was maybe Luis or or Baz yeah, or Rufus. Okay. You, Bamorte, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the music wasn't the best, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, believe me, your charisma, we will have respected if you have put some some rock in it. Say, listen, I know the captain has put this rock. Okay, we well, listen. We may have like, like even like move a little bit with you. <laughs> just, just by respect. <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, it was it was a great atmosphere. I think everybody has. The the space, so it was it was good. So, so yes, there is maybe one one last question. It's about the the confinement. You know, we know it's it's been hard, but in our imagination, if you had like been stuck um, uh, for let's say months, you know, you have to pick three people with you, three three uh, people, three people outside of my family. It, yes, it's it's your own choice. You pick. To okay. have like the the best moment for the uh, let's say months. Ah, uh, okay. So I would pick um, Noel Gallagher. Mm. Yes, Noel Gallagher. So he could just play play live music for me. That would do for yeah. me. Um, I would pick uh, who's the best chef? Who's the best French chef? Ducasse. Okay, he can come with me. Also him and. Um, who else? Jerome Jerome Bonacel, because his guy in France used to get me the best red wine. So the chef and the top wine. That's it. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, it's brilliant. I know that uh, it would have been great to to spend a lot of time with you because you've always been entertainer as well. Good love. Like really easy going, so make make our I would say uh, introduction to Premier League very easy because you know your first captain or your first few captains need to be you know like human you know if they are like too rigid like because old school and all that whoa it, it was like really like um, I, I really enjoy so I have to thank you as well because you you put the tone for me you know it really was like uh, oh it was a pleasure it was my pleasure yeah. so thank you very much. Uh, Captain, it was uh, a pleasure. I can't uh, thank you enough. I really uh, wish you all the best. Find uh, okay. your next club. So, do you have like any any direction? Any is it China? Anywhere, yeah, anywhere, maybe, but anywhere in the world. I don't really. 
I don't have any ambition to work in England. Really, mm-hmm. I want to. I want. I, I want to go to another. I like it in another country. I like the challenge, a different mm-hmm. culture. I, and I think that came from when all you guys arrived in Fulham, and I and I and you see different personalities, and you, and you listen to what it's like in their country, Portugal, France, whatever. So this is why mm-hmm. I, I wanted to travel as a coach. I, I preferred to travel. Um, so I don't know where I'm going to be, but we'll be somewhere. Great. So I wish you all the, the luck. And I, and I can kick your ass uh, in the tennis as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably, yeah. <laughs>